0: Welcome to the Everyone Has a Story podcast, presented by the Business and Education Alliance, where students' talents, interests, and aptitudes can be connected to the dynamic world of work. Welcome to today's episode of Everyone Has a Story, hosted by the Business and Education Alliance. My name is Bob Gemignani. Very pleased today to have with us Jesse Taylor, Uh, Jesse is an independent freelancer with Jesse Taylor Creative and also art director at Marketing for Change. Jesse, thank you so much for donating some of your valuable time today to speak into the lives of the next generation.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me.
0: So Jesse, let's get right into uh, your career story. Um, What did you, did you have any thoughts about what kind of job you wanted to have when you grew up when you were say in like middle school or high school?
1: when I was a kid growing up, uh, my dad loved to fish. And so I basically grew up on a, on a bass boat and um, I was always really drawn to the water. So uh, marine biologist was in my head for a very long time. That never came to fruition, but, you know, and I don't even think I ever really pursued it um, outside of wanting to do it. um, But I was really always inspired by, um, you know, like wanting to see what kind of type of fish were out there and um, you know, how I could help them, uh, you know, thrive and survive in the, in the environment. And, uh, I think I was always just really connected to that, um, because of the relationship with my dad and, and fishing growing up.
0: Excellent. And, you know, th- this is going to be fascinating to learn how you kind of maneuvered yourself to, to the occupation that you're in today from wanting to, or thinking about being a Marine biologist, right? Um, yeah. So a science career to a creative career. So you must have, you must have the, both the right and left brain thing going on.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I had the, um, The left side or which one's the creative side, left side or right side, whichever one. The the Uh, right
0: side's the creative side.
1: Okay. Yeah. So the left side, I think fizzled out, uh, you know, around that time. And then my right one took over, but (laughs) maybe once I figured out how much science was involved.
0: Jesse, um, what was your first ever paid job?
1: Um, Yeah. So my very first paid job, you know, besides mowing lawns and and things like that um, was McDonald's. The day I turned 16, I walked in and, and got a job and I was at McDonald's for three years from 16 to 19. Um, yeah, I worked there in high school. Um, and it was cool because I, I got to leave school early to go work. It was one of those programs where you could, they let you do that when you could go off campus and work worked there for three years and was a top apple pie salesman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Overachiever apple pie salesman. Perfect. Jesse, when you were when you were in high school, did you uh, participate in any kind of like formal career connected learning programming like where perhaps your classroom went on a site visit to a local business or you had an opportunity to do a job shadow with a local career representative or um, do an internship in an occupation that you might have been interested in was that available to you and if so did you take advantage of that kind of programming.
1: Yeah, so I went to like a, I think it's uh, like considered a technical college where they have you know communications and um, aviation and things like that. And I, I can't recall ever going off campus or anything like that. But I do know we had people come in and you know they would talk to our class or we would have like a, a meeting and they would kind of talk us through things, almost like a career fair um, at our school. So definitely remember that kind of um, interaction going on in high school, but never anything. Uh, where I would take like my own time and go off um, and go anywhere. I'm sure if I would have taken the next step at those career fairs, that's where it would have led, but um, I never did.
0: All right, Jesse. So now you get to talk to uh, hundreds and maybe perhaps thousands of students and tell your story about how Jesse Taylor on dad's bass boat, thinking about being a marine biologist, has wandered his way uh, to being a uh, graphic designer, creative person, uh, branding specialist. Uh, so, if you could, as you kind of lay out that journey, you know, from high school to where you are today, try to think about perhaps how you inventoried what you thought you were good at as you went along, your aptitudes, right? Uh, and then how mm-hmm. maybe you, what you, how your developing interests played a part in the decision making that you made about how to pursue your education and different jobs. If you could try to pay some attention to that as you tell your story, that would be awesome. So the floor is yours for as long as you need it.
1: Okay, yeah, and it, yeah, if I, if I miss anything, definitely let me know um, and I can, I can switch gears and talk about that. But um, yeah, like I said, you know, grew up on a bass boat fishing every day after school. Um, I was also, you know, I think your average creative kid, you know, drawing and watercolor and painting and all the things that you do, you know, to to stay engaged. And, uh, you know, we didn't have phones and iPads back then. Man, I'm sounding old already. But um, yeah, so, you know, my parents, I think, saw that there was something creative going on as well, um, probably before I saw it. Um, I do remember um, vividly drawing, um Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon so I guess it's not that vividly but one of the two and I would go around my neighborhood and try to sell these drawings to just my neighbors uh who had no interest in the topic um I was trying to I was just trying to hustle it you know at 13 14 um or even younger maybe a little bit younger but um so there was always some kind of creative uh you know spark um that just had to be uh you know guided and facilitated um and from, from high school, I tried I tried community college for a little bit um, and just taking, you know, the standard classes. I hate this. It's not for me. I was, in, I was in Jacksonville, Florida at the time and they have an art institute down there. And so I went and visited and talked to everybody. I kind of, you know, I felt like it was right. My parents, um, you know, were down. They were really supportive. I think that's... Um, definitely a key and a blessing. And I was really fortunate to have supporting parents just kind of, you know, letting me do my own thing. Yeah, I started the Art Institute uh, in 2011 and just got really, you know, fell in love with design. Um, You know, at first I think it was a little bit tricky um, because, you know, you don't have any technical skills. You just have kind of your thoughts and what's in your brain. I I think college and school in general is you get out what you put in and I put in a lot of work there And, you know, I I got a job at the library so I could use laptops as as much as I could for as long as I could. I would have class, they were four hour long class like slots. And sometimes, some semesters, I would have um, three of those. So from eight in the morning to 12, from one to four, and then from six to 10. So it'd be an 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. day. And I would stay there the whole time. And what's funny is I would actually, they had a pond in the back and I would fish on my breaks and uh, I would catch some massive fish because no one would ever fish it. So it's kind of funny how that marine biologist uh, uh, <laughs> showed back up. Um, and as my teachers would like watch me from their windows and I would go back up and they'd be like, man, that was crazy, you know, because nobody at the school fish. So yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, putting in as much as you can, um, you know, because you're, you're paying for it, you know, so you might as well. Got a job with the library, like I mentioned. really trying to focus on, like, listening to the, to the instructors and the professors. And we took different art classes, not just design. From there, like, my love for, for design and advertising just manifested. Um, and I was able to hold on to that. And from there, you know, we started getting Instagram and some of these other inspiration sites. So diving into that and seeing what other people were doing and just getting inspired I also got really involved with uh, some local organizations down in Jacksonville. Um, one specifically, AIGA, which is a, just a creative organization um, for for creatives, and uh, was able to see like some of my favorite designers come in, who they they would bring in to do talks, and um, got to meet some of my favorite artists and illustrators and designers through that. And when I would go to those events, I'd be like, man, these are just these are my people, you know, like they they care about the same things I care about, um, you know, from a designer career aspect. And, uh, um, you know, we could talk about fonts and, and type height and things like that. And, um, you know, they would nerd out with me. So I really felt like I, you know, found my people through that. And um, I think the combination of that with the school, with the instructors um, really helped me um, kind of find my niche um, in the design world. Yeah. I think, you know, again, I can't stress enough, like the amount that you put in is what you get out. Um, Cause you know, I have friends um, who I went to college with who who are not working in the design field right now. Um, and it, I could, you know, I could have almost guessed that because I could see the way they act in the class or, you know, see the the amount of uh, time or stuff they put into their work, um, you know and we all slacked off a little bit, but that was, very visual to me. And I could see the uh, the difference that I made. When I was in college, I got my first internship um, at, at a local, a small agency that's not around anymore. And um, was able to, you know, meet, again, just networking and meeting people. That's like half the battle, if not more, honestly. Um, you know, they always say it's about who you know. And I think that's, a lot of it's true. So yeah, I interned and then I worked at um, Fast Signs, which is a, you know, a sign company, and so I was able to do some design and do some production, and then I was also, yeah, just taking these odd jobs. Um, <laughs> my dad actually, he, he was a truck driver, a long-haul truck driver, and uh, one of his friends, you know, they had CB radios, and uh, they have their CB names that they call each other on the road, and one of his friends was like, Hey, I'm, I'm straight cat. And I needed a design for my, my lawn care business. And that was like, I remember that was one of my first freelance, you know, I didn't even know what freelance was at the time. I think it charged like 50 bucks, you know, and looking back on it, the logo is like not good at all. I hope he doesn't hear this probably you know, um, but, but he actually ended up trademarking it. And I was like, that's insane that this guy took this work that I did and loved it so much that he trademarked it (laughs) and that just, you know, blew my mind. So, you know, from there, I have friends in bands. I'd be like, Hey, can I just do a t-shirt for you? I just wanted to make stuff. I think that's another, another um, like key thing. is just, you don't have to wait for assignments or projects to be handed like put in your lap. Like if you just go after it and design things that you want to make and and put it out into the world um, I think you'll get a, a little bit further than you would if you just do the projects that you're assigned or, do the work that you're given. Uh, I think that's really key. Um, Especially now, later in my career, like now I do a lot of passion projects just for fun. And not that I, you know, have all the time in the world. I just, I just do things that I like and really resonate with people. And from there, you get jobs and you meet other people who have bigger connections and the sky's the limit. Um, If you just, yeah, just put yourself out there and um, not really worry about even like what people think or you kind of have to have thick skin. I would also say that um, your your mental state is really important. Like we talk about, you know, in interviews we talk about it's really important for people to have good work and like your your book be good. Um, but it, even more important than that is your um, your attitude and your willingness to learn and your your ability to work with the team. And I think having that um, nailed down at a at a younger age would would help anybody. Um, just being open to learning and not having an ego, um, and kind of one thing that's helped me a lot, just trying to have a positive mental attitude about everything. I actually have it tattooed on my knuckles, PMA, positive mental attitude, because I'm a visual guy. So I, anytime I get down, I just need some reminders. Yeah, after after Fast Science, I think I worked at Chick-fil-A for a little bit, um, just through college again, actually was an internship, and that turned into a job when I graduated at an in-house um, agency for a medical association. So it was a strange work, uh, or, you know, not not strange, just not what I was expecting, but um, we had big budgets and we had a lot of freedom to do stuff. Uh, And then after that, I found a job at a more traditional kind of advertising marketing agency um, in Tallahassee. So I moved there from Jacksonville and i have been there for four and a half years. Um, A few, you know, six, seven months ago, uh, we moved out here because we were, you know, working remote anyway. And my wife and I have been wanting to get out uh, west, so um, made the trip out here. And now I'm working remote for them. That's where I, you know I art direct and um, design there. And then freelance wise, just word of mouth and friends, and you know, posting work on Instagram, and uh, again making those connections. Like I'll 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 direct message my favorite designers and just be like, Hey, can I send you some stickers or you know some some prints, and just make that connection. And that way, you know, if your name ever comes up in front of them, they're like, oh, yeah, I have that guy's poster or that sticker on my, you know, whatever. But I think those kind of things made a really big difference in uh, in my career path.
0: Excellent, Jesse, thank you. And, you know, as you're sitting there lay, or uh, saying, uh, get, communicating your career story, uh, there's a lot of cool elements in there. And, um, you know, students, uh, I, I hope you're kind of pulling some of those and hearing some of those. and. Um, uh, really in a lot of ways, Jesse, you've, you've walked the mission of business and education Alliance, which is to <laughs> connect our talents, interests, and aptitudes to the world of work. Right. Um, and you've kind mm-hmm. of, you've done that you, you, you inventoried what you thought you were good at, um, you learned what you were good at. You talked about passion projects, right? So not only are you doing, um, an occupation that you're, you're good at, you enjoy it. Right. Um, And because you enjoy it, maybe you're, or you're probably more willing to put extra time into it, to invest into that passion, which is uh, incredible. And something that we're trying to, um, through these interviews, communicate to young people uh, is to have that passion. If you're going to make a decision to enter an occupation, then just get after it, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's about, you know, when I I mentioned AIGA and, and kind of finding your people, like their vibe, you know. I I once heard your vibe attracts your tribe, and so you know whether it's AIGA, you also really feel it at like design conferences like Crop and Creative South and Creative Works, and um, I've been fortunate enough to go to a few of those, and it's just like you know two or three days of saturated design people, and it's like you know top tier speakers, it's all these workshops, it's you know you have your uh, your vendor area where you like just drop a ton of cash on like shirts and stickers and hats and merch and swag and all the keywords. And um, yeah, man, you just find your people. And I think, yeah, like you said, you have to have a passion for it. Um, People definitely are in the field that don't or that have lost it. Um, And they, you know, are just kind of, you know, you can kind of tell they're just getting by One thing that I've heard that kind of relates to the passion aspect, and you can replace those, I'm gonna say designers don't, but you can replace designers with anything that you have a passion for. But um, one thing I've heard that I've always, that's always resonated with me is that designers don't retire, we die. (laughs) And I I, I think about that and I'm like, that's so true. Like I'll be designing, whether that's like actual on computer or just thinking about it, like probably until the moment that I die.
0: (laughs) That's great, that's great. Hey Jesse, what would you say is the biggest single challenge you have faced in your career and how have you overcome that?
1: Mine is the same of a lot of creatives, it's time management um, because we are so passionate or you know just me specifically in this case um, I tend to take on a lot of work. I tend to have a schedule all the time um, but I also have a family and and things like that and I have to be obviously aware and um, respect that and Um, make sure I have my priorities right and I still you know have a really hard time with that today just because I like to you know I like to work I like to design and then I also like to please people so if somebody's like hey here's a project here's some money you know (laughs) I'll probably end up taking it Um, you know like I said even today like after you know later on today I had that um, more of a volunteer kind of AIGA um, design design off if you will and yeah, so I think time management, like learning when to say no and how to say no elegantly and things like that is, uh, has been a big challenge and, and uh, something that I can always get better at and something you should try to try to um, like focus on maybe when you're younger to, to set yourself up for success in the future. When you have a full plate and a really cool project comes up, it might not be mess, best for your mental state.
0: Jesse, you uh, mentioned your, uh, your parents and your dad uh, particularly. Uh, having supported your education and your choices when you were younger, do you do you want to expand on people um, that have shown up in your life in a meaningful way? Call them mentors or frenters, whatever that looks like. Give a shout out to some folks that have helped affect your trajectory.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I want to say first, I think you know, I think I'm blessed from above with my with my talents, my skills, and um, my ability to. To work like i do I, I i i think for for every day that i get to work in this field um and then my parents for sure for supporting and you know the art institute is not cheap i'm still paying for it now um and uh i think you know beyond that uh, you know my wife rachel you know she's always been really supportive I, I remember vividly actually she her and i drove to my very first internship interview and she sat in the car while I interviewed. And uh, when we got out, um, I remember it went really well, so we went and got some food. So um, she's basically been with me my whole design career. Once you get outside of family, um, and my sister too is always supported, and she always like shares my stuff, so it always is a little heartwarming. Um, But yeah, outside of family, I think, my very first art director, creative director, um, Jefferson Rawl, he gave me my first internship. We actually just recently reconnected and so he's been a, a really good influence in my life. Um, a fella named Kendrick Kidd out of Jacksonville. He's always been one of my favorite designers. Um, and then this is a story. It's, this is a cool story, um, like a, a story arc or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, like I found his work when I was really young. And it was always incredible to me. It's still, it's still incredible. He's one of my favorite designers of all time through AIGA and through, you know, some other networking avenues, I got to meet him. Now we're buddies and we actually just collaborated on a project on the, you know, on a t-shirt design. Um, Whenever I go to Jacksonville, I'll hit him up and I'll I'll ask him if uh, he has an extra desk at his office. And so before COVID, um, I would just go work at his agency for a day and like hang out with him and the crew there, um, who are also some of my friends. Um, so he's been a really big influence in my life. Um, uh, Joshua Noom is another one from from Florida. When I moved to Tallahassee, I think I, you know, was really able to dive in and I was able to um, help start an AIGA chapter there. So got to meet a really a lot of influential people, a guy named Eric Thomas, um, and then a guy named Sean Doty, a bunch of other people, everybody in Tallahassee, basically. But I think, yeah, some of those um, art directors that the three that I mentioned, high level creative directors at, at agencies, um, two of which own their own agencies, So they've been uh, really helpful and just, you know, encouraging and kind of down for whatever they always are down to chat if I have questions or things like that. So um, shout out to those, those fellas.
0: I mean, you just ran off about 10 mentors, right? 10 people who've shown up in a meaningful way to you. I think a big part of mentors mm-hmm. showing up in our life that we're hearing is a result of curiosity on our part, right? Like we're curious about this mm-hmm. career. We're curious about this vocation um, and we're asking questions. And And I think people who are already in that um, or people who are around us and people that are in that uh, world of work, uh, when they hear young people asking a lot of questions, I think that charges them up. It charges up the tribe to hear young people being curious. So. Thank you for communicating that. And and for students, you're going to hear that theme. So if you think you're interested in something or you have an aptitude for it, ask people questions about it. You know, be a learner about it and show up for your future self.
1: Yeah. And just to add on to that, I think, you know, like you said, no one's going to, you know, sometimes people will give it to you, but for the most part, if you want it, you need to go get it. You know, like I would, if you're looking for a job, like send out, giveaways and like spit, you know, it, you know, it may cost a little money, but, um, I remember when I was in college, um, when I was trying to find a job, you know, I would have these little engraved, um, tire pressure gauges, uh, with my name on it and my phone number. And it there, there was a tag attached to it. that said works well under pressure. And so I went and handed those out to all the agencies in town, um, and so, yeah, find ways to make those connections and stand out. If that's if that's boots on the ground and going after it, then that's what it takes, you know? I don't think you'll ever regret going after it, um, you know, even if the results aren't exactly what you want. You'll still make those connections. Um, you know, you'll still get the experience of, like, talking face-to-face or even talking on Zoom now. And again, you'll make the connection, which is the most important thing. It, even if nothing happens, like, even if, you know, you don't get the job or, or whatever the case may be, they still know who you are now, which is more than what you just started with.
0: Jesse, what would you say to your teenage self knowing what you know today?
1: Just keep pushing, man. Um, like I said, like I, you know, I, I really focus on, you know, positive mental attitude and, and trying to be optimistic and glass half full. And that's really hard to do sometimes. But I think, you know, if you can persevere and and get through it and push that off to the side once it gets over with and move on to the next thing um to do that and i would also encourage like more networking um like I, I don't think i really like blossomed or whatever into my design phase until you know a little bit later which is you know it worked out fine but i think like going to you know going to those events and if there's a group of people and you're shy and again like i you know i've been blessed with the extrovert personality so i'll go interrupt the group talking just to say hello um or to, you know, go break that circle or whatever, just to try to join. But some people aren't like that, but I, I would encourage you to do that because I think what's great about the design industry and something that I'll be forever grateful for is that most of the designers I've met, 99.9% of them, we we all want to see this, this the ships rise together, right? There's not, there's not a ton of gatekeeping. Um, you know, one of the jokes that everyone makes is uh, on Instagram, when somebody posts something, it's like, oh, what font did you use, right? Because that's what people want to know. Um, And, you know, oftentimes they'll tell them because it's not about who's better or who's worse or whatever. It's just cool to see design happening and and people making things. Know that at a younger age and to not be scared or like, you know, imposter syndrome is a really big thing. Um, Like not feeling like you're worthy or good enough to like hang out with, you know, people who you think are better than you. Um, It's not like that. Like I said, you know, Kendrick Kidd was, I put him, you know, way up here in my, in my eyes. And he, again, he still is, but dude is the most down to earth, you know, guy ever. Um, you know, no ego, not cocky. Same with Joshua and all those dudes. So I think I would encourage myself to, to not have that perspective on it. Cause I think that is a perspective in, in a lot of fields. Um, you know, there's a hierarchy in a lot of things, but in design, we all just want to hang out and, and see cool stuff get made. Uh, yeah. Like you said, I'm pumped when somebody reaches out and asks me stuff, you know, cause I'm like, oh yes. Like spread the word like design you know i want to see like everybody do well want to see the water rise and everybody go up in it
0: excellent and you know thank you for doing these uh two, this two-part interview because you're providing students now something that you wish you had right for sure uh, you're, you're sharing that experience uh, uh with young people um to help benefit you know perhaps their you know, interest inventorying and aptitude inventorying, and figuring out where they plug in to the world of work, and maybe even more importantly, into the world in general, right? So yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Jesse. This is this is great stuff. So you you've got a a regular day job and a side hustle, right? Yeah. Uh, so the next question has to do what is your what does your business do? Uh, what's your mission and who are your customers? And and so if you could present maybe uh, the marketing for change aspect of that and Jesse Taylor Creative, what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So um, yeah, as you know, my, we call it nine to five, but it's honestly, you know, a 24 hour thing because your brain's always going, but at Marketing for Change, um, it's a research-based behavior change agency. So we really focus on research and strategy and how to combine that with creative to change behaviors of our audience um, or our audience, our client's audience. And so we work with a lot of organizations and a lot of um, like councils and cities and things like that to do good. Like we, we, our thing is we do good better. And so we work with people like the National Volunteer Fire Council to get people to volunteer at the local firehouse. Um, but then we go a step further and we target specific audiences. Like maybe we're targeting veterans um, who uh who could volunteer because they might not know you know they need veterans or um the latinx community or women or um you know the general population we also do think you know work like um, reducing uh the sugary drink intake in certain counties and cities and so one of the big projects that we've worked on um is up in howard county virginia and We've been focusing on reducing. You know, they notice a rise in their sugary drink uh, sales, and so we created a campaign to kind of combat that. Um, and we, you know, we see results like reduced by thirty percent and things like that. And so, yeah, we focus on um, big behavior change, kind of do good uh, campaigns and projects. And another one of my favorite projects there was for the National Safe Boating Council. It's a lot of a ton of acronyms um, and a lot of national blank blank association or whatever, um, as I'm, you know, as I'm sure you're aware of all those, those organizations. Um, but for the National Safe Boating Council, and this goes back to, you know, me growing up on a boat when I saw this project come in, I was like, oh man, this would be really fun to work on because it's about life jackets and life jacket safety. And so, um, I actually got to like be on a jet ski art directing for a day while we shot the, shot the, uh, video in the, in the campaign. Um, and obviously not all of them are that fun, but uh, that's a really fun one. And yeah, we just, you know, we're out to do good and, and change things for the better. One thing that I think is really cool is that our owner actually was on the original truth campaign against smoking in the nineties. And, you know, I grew up back then. So I, I remember those, you know, um, uh, standing out. And so he kind of started an agency based around that changing the behavior of people, you know, based on the smoking one. And now we do that for, a bunch of other clients and uh, organizations and then in my um freelance gig uh at just the creative um i really focus on like branding and illustration so we don't do a ton of that in my in, at marketing for change we do some um, but i think in my freelance life i have a lot more freedom because people come to me for my style and for like you know there's like a cleverness to it and a certain aesthetic so And that's all really been word of mouth. actually landed one of my biggest clients um, this year because uh, somebody that I actually haven't met in person only through Instagram. And like we've, you know, follow each other's work. They recommended me to this client. I was like, that's like, it's insane to me that one of my favorite designers um, on Instagram who I just made a connection with referred me to my biggest client to date now. So um, I think that's a testament again to to that networking aspect and just putting yourself out there.
0: Excellent, Jesse. So you're a one one person show in your freelance. Let's talk about marketing for change. Um, there was a, uh, a small research survey done in Adams County, Colorado in 2019 that we ended up learning about where they surveyed um, all of their middle school students in Adams County. So, you know, it was like six or 7,000 students and they asked them how many jobs they could name. Mm -hmm. And the average middle school student could only name four jobs. So these are students, you know, nine to 13 years old, right? Um, And only being able to name four Mm -hmm. jobs is pretty limiting uh, to where they could potentially plug themselves into, right? In the world of work. So with that in mind, Mm -hmm. we're asking our interview candidates uh, in marketing for change. I know that's kind of a design social impact company, right? Or a marketing company. What are the various jobs that are that are employed at that organization?
1: We all wear a lot of hats there, but if we you know, go by title or you know passion or what we got hired for, I think there's only like four. There's only four like designers, and that's including like art directors and me, um, like actually producing creative material. Outside of that, we have a whole we have a research team. Um, who does like who helps put out those surveys and things like that to, you know, we get those back and we um, digest those and see what works best. We have, um, we have copywriters, we have a a video team. So video production, um, you know, motion graphics, things like that. We have one, again, one of our designers has really taken a focus in animation. So he's really um, in the animation world right now. And so definitely looking to build a team there for motion graphics and visual effects and things like that. Um, we have uh, copywriters. Um, we have media planners, media buyers, um, project managers who are you know just dealing with day-to-day client um, interaction and, and then letting us know their feedback on certain things. We also have like the higher up level kind of creative director, CEO, COO, things like that. Um, we have the finance team um, who we work closely with when we're working on a video and we need um, you know, to pay for music or pay for food for the crew, uh, you know, they're vital in, in that. Some other, you know, and yeah, there's a lot of other things that those people do, um, but definitely like a full, a full service, um, definitely quite a, quite a lot of jobs in there um, that are all really integral in, in day-to-day operations and that we work closely with. Like, you know, I work with um, copywriters and, and uh, media planners and media buyers every day to, to see where the work's going and see what works best and, and things like that.
0: You know what's cool about this, Jesse, and, uh, and the reason I enjoy this question is it really kind of opens up a young person's mind as to where they could plug themselves into the world of work, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody like me, I have zero aptitude for art. You know, I can't even hardly finger paint, <laughs> but I have a passion for the design process, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm a young student and I have no art aptitude, but maybe I have an interest in social impact, or I have an interest in change. Um, I can pursue, for example, like a business major with a focus in market research, for example, Mm -hmm. and plug myself into an organization like yours, where my passion can be tickled, but I don't need to draw anything.
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah, for sure. And what's great, though, is that when I work with the people like that on my team, we're able to unlock certain parts of their brain so where they can think more creatively because they have a more creative person like, you know, on the other line. And so they don't have to be like in that box, like working with all these other people opens up these opportunities that you might not even know. We actually, and we actually take a lot of interns on, um, on the research and the um, media planning um, side of things because that's a lot of what we do. And I was actually on a call with one of our interns um, working through a video script and uh, she knocked it out of the park. The client loved it. It was so good. Um, and she was like, "Oh, I was so scared. Like I'd never done that before." But I think if you just give people the opportunity and put things in front of them and like let them take it, uh, sometimes you know you can surprise yourself.
0: Jesse Taylor, independent freelancer with Jesse Taylor Creative and art director at Marketing for Change. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear your career story. Welcome back to part two of our. Everyone has a story interview with Jesse Taylor, independent freelancer with Jesse Taylor, creative and art director at Marketing for Change. Jesse, thanks again for spending some time with us today.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, anytime.
0: So Jesse, in part one, we talked about kind of your career journey uh, to what landed you where you are today with uh, your position at Marketing for Change and being a freelancer. What does a typical day in the life look like for you today?
1: It's funny in college, I had a professor who give us a zero if we were one minute late to his class. And, uh, and now, um, I show up anywhere between eight thirty and 10 or somewhere around there. Um, so I always, I always like that juxtaposition. Um, and now actually in, in Colorado, I'm two hours, um, behind my East coast, uh, crew members. So usually, you know, eight, eight 30, I'll, I'll get up. And, um, first things first is check the emails and check the Slack messages. So, You know, email is usually more client-facing, more client communications, and then Slack is usually almost primarily uh, internal with our team. Uh, It's almost like a direct messaging system, uh, really helpful. We have different uh, kind of rooms for different clients, different projects. So I'll go in there and see if there's any updates on projects that I've been working on. And then from there, you know, each of the designers on the staff um, has a list of projects based on a, a... thing called Trello it's uh, our kind of our uh, project management system that we use and so the the project manager puts in the um, puts in the kind of the brief and we talk about it and then we just dive in and get to work and you know sometimes I'll work on one project all day and sometimes I'll work on five projects uh, in one day and um, we have to we bill our clients uh, in 15 minute increments so you know, if I spend 30 minutes on things that's 30 minutes, um, if I spend 10 minutes on something that's usually 15, the days where it's five clients in one day is a little bit trickier to keep track of. Um, but it could be anything from, you know, a, a full day of branding um, to, uh, you know, yesterday, actually, I had a, I had a big client meeting um, where we kind of walked them through our brainstorming session. And uh, we just came up with a bunch of really fun ideas for their campaign. So it's really a really good variety of, um, of things. Um, oftentimes there's, you know, quick questions that I have about projects. So I'll hop on a call with the project manager, um, kind of informal and just talk it through um, instead of just typing and trying to, you know, interpret what they mean. Uh, it's a lot easier to just get on a call and talk it through, you know, usually snack some lunch pretty late and then I get back at it. And then, yeah, just make sure make sure nothing's on fire when I leave and then start again the next day. And then if something is on fire, you know, we usually uh, have a resolution before we leave for the day.
0: Excellent. Jesse, let's talk about technical skills. And then we'll talk about like softer skills or essential skills. What would you say are the top two or three most important technical skills or job knowledge skills that you need to apply on a daily basis to be successful in your jobs?
1: at at my job as an art director, I think communication, um, I'm not, you know, technical, is that communication? I'm not sure. So the communication Um, (laughs) that
0: would be kind of the softer skill side, communication, teamwork, collaboration is softer. Um, the hard skills that you need, computer proficiency, design programs, things of that Mm, sort.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, if we're talking about technical skills from that aspect, I think the Adobe suite, um, my main focus is Illustrator, Photoshop, and InDesign. Uh, those three are key. I think you'd have to have any type of knowledge to work here in those. Um, and then it's always encouraged to kind of expand. And you know, our, our agency is really great, and they uh, they encourage us to kind of go outside of what uh, we do. And so I've really been getting into um, video production and, and motion graphics. So that involves a lot of um, After Effects and um, even you know uh on my iPad using Procreate and using the uh the animation settings and that and the illustration um capabilities and that um have been really uh impactful and what's cool is you know you do that once for fun maybe and then you know you share it with your team and like oh we could use this for this client and now you're getting paid for it and now you can do that during your day, you know. Um, so Yeah, definitely the the top Adobe programs. I think keeping track of your calendar and you know your Google, uh, your whole Google suite is really important too. Probably, yeah, probably. I mean, definitely. mainly those, I'm, I'm in those programs. Um, at least one to three are always open on my computer running.
0: And then Jesse, what about the softer skills, the communication, teamwork, collaboration, all that, all that, yeah. what's, what's most important?
1: Yeah. So I think especially in the, in our agency, the communication and understanding that like, you know, when the client gets feedback, people might interpret that differently. So making sure you guys are all on the same page and making sure you have a clear direction of, of what are you going to do after after the call or after you get done talking to whoever. And I think, you know, one thing that I always hear, and I, you know, it's like, you have to ask more questions. If you don't, you know, if you're struggling with something or if you're unclear, it's not, you know, it's sometimes not because the project's hard or because, you know, blank or whatever. You just have to ask more questions. And I know sometimes, you know, especially if you're younger, intimidated to ask questions. I know I was, and I know I've heard that a lot. And because people, you know, like, oh, I, sh- I need to, I just need to do this because it's my job and I need to impress them. But if you do it wrong, that's worse than asking a question at the beginning and getting it right. You know, yeah. one thing that I've always uh, hold, um, you know, I always think back on and I hold dear to my heart is you already have a no. So you might as well ask for a yes. And so putting that in context of whatever you're working on um, has really helped me um, and it helps you get ahead sometimes. So you know, if you're talking and you want to do, you know, you have this cool idea for a project, but that's not, you know, maybe maybe not the brief. Just ask, just talk about it and see if maybe it is, because it could into it. And I can't have that happen countless times. Um, just because you keep asking questions, you keep pushing the limits, um, and that all goes back to that, you know, communication and and how you talk and how you uh, interact with people.
0: Excellent, Jesse. What do you, if you could pick one thing? What do you like most about what you do?
1: I think this applies to, you know, the freelance side and the marketing for change side is just the freedom that I have um and the trust that I have um or, or that's given to me um just based on, you know, my background and, you know, how long I've been doing it. But it's really it's really cool to see like just big ideas get thrown out and then working with a team to either dial it back if it's too far out or pushing it further, if it can be, you know, there's really not any boxes that we put in, um, which is really great as a creative and uh, as a creative team, because we can just push the limits and then let, you know, and then we, we dial it back based on budget and timeline, but you still start somewhere really cool. And so you, you can still um, have that cool freedom, even within the bounds of certain budgets and certain things like that. And of course, it doesn't always work out like that. Sometimes we have to land on, you know, sometimes the client goes with the not as cool version or the one that you didn't wanna work on as much, but to even have that freedom to explore and to get that out of your brain um, is is really rewarding. And what's great is that even though they might not go with it this time, that idea already exists. So if another project comes up, it could work for that and you're already, and you're done with the, with that process and you can get to executing. Um, so I think that, that's, um, I think that goes across freelance and, and um, marketing. Um, which is, I think, another reason I just love this industry and and love this career.
0: So Jesse, uh, recognizing that not every um, job or occupation is going to be unicorns and rainbows all day long, what is the Mm -hmm. one task that you just don't like to do, but you have to do it?
1: I'll have to lay out a long form document. That's just in, uh, oh man, a lot of our projects have to be 508 compliant, uh, which means I have to use 12 point type, which is just rips my heart out because it's so big. Um, And then, you know, you also have to deal with color contrast and you have to deal with screen reader. That's a lot of nitty gritty. That's uh, one thing that I don't really love. We actually, luckily uh, one of our other designers like got certified in it. So we usually pass it on to him, but I think like long form layout, is pretty annoying. Um, (laughs) And then um, the other thing usually um, sometimes even outshining that is like timeline and budget you know, sometimes we'll have to do a project in a day that we should get a week to do or even two weeks to do or, you know, we have to cut corners because, you know, the budget's not as as much as we need or as we as we want. So and not necessarily cut corners, but just maybe not do things the way that I think like a designer might think they should be done. Um, So there's definitely some sacrifices um, from that aspect. And perfection is the enemy of done sometimes just getting projects out the door and knocking that one off the list is uh more important than getting it perfect um, which is one thing that i struggle with because you know i want everything that we put out and that i put out to be top tier but yeah. sometimes there's other projects that you know you have a, a list of projects piling up and so i can't spend time getting all my you know type current exactly right or all my curves exactly horizontal and vertical or all the things that my designer brain wants to do and you kind of have to push that out to meet client expectations and to get paid. So um, knowing when to, to give and take on those is a, is a struggle for sure.
0: Jesse, um, for that student out really curious um, about what you do. Uh, you know, you're unique in that you've got your, your side gig um, as a freelancer, and then you've got a regular job. Um, I, I would imagine as a freelancer, um, or perhaps as an independent, uh, a student could take an entrepreneurial approach to their craft mm-hmm. and just have their own gig, right? And, and be a business owner. Uh, sure. On the other hand, um, you're, you're, you're also working for marketing for change. And you, you described um, uh, earlier about the different kinds of jobs that are there. But if, if a student wants to go kind of the design route, what would a career ladder look like in like an art agency or uh, a design agency? What would that ladder look like for a student?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, traditionally speaking, it's, uh, you know, if you start off as an intern, um, you know, we always, I'm sure you guys uh, advocate for this too, but um, a lot of people don't pay their interns, but, you know, always try to get a paid internship. And then from there, usually it's something like junior designer and then designer and then senior designer, and then junior art director, art director, senior art director, then up to creative director, and then you know all the way up to executive creative director, which is um, my executive creative director is a brilliant woman named Karen Ong. She's also in the mentor category as well. I, I didn't mention her earlier, but Karen Ong, and then Misha uh, Thigpen is my immediate um, you know lead, and uh, they're both just incredibly smart and. Uh, Really huge and, and the way their brains work is mesmerizing. So getting to work under them and, you know, knowing that that position is like, you know, I could, you know, move up eventually and uh, you know, always get up to that next level. Um, at Marking for Change, I actually just started as a graphic designer. And then I think I actually went to graphic, like a, there's like a graphic designer one, two, and three in our, in our at our agency. So, you know, we went through all those phases and then up to art director. And one thing that I want to say on that is that, you know, I've been in places like my job in Jacksonville, honestly, my boss was as high as he was ever going to go and he wasn't going anywhere. So that means that I was never going to be able to have that position to be able to like even have an offer. And so I kind of knew I was at my cap, you know, so that's kind of when you get that feeling like, oh, maybe it's time to, you know, outgrow these shoes, you know. Um, And one thing that I've always heard that really sticks with me is that you never want to be the smartest person in the room. And that's not to like, you know, toot your own horn or whatever. But if you're at a point in your career, you know, um, where, you know, you're designing or thinking bigger than everybody else, and no one's really pushing you, it might be time to look at a a different place where, um, you know, there are people who can help you grow um, and, you know, expand your, you know, kind of chops. Um, And that's, you know, again, like really fortunate to work where I do. With a big team, because I'll never be the smartest person in the room here, um, you know, from any, you know, from any aspect. So um, I think that's really important when when thinking about where to work or um, if you're in a position um, and then where to go. Um, but yeah, plenty of you know opportunities for growth where I am, and then as a freelancer, you know, like you said, if you're the only person running the show, where can you go from there? But I think um, what you can look forward to is bigger clients and bigger. Um, you know, checks uh, and that's kind of your steps up and that's kind of your, uh, your notches um, of, of success is uh, kind of seeing that um, growth, um, which, you know, means you're doing something right. And I can definitely reflect back on, you know, going from $50 logos to, you know, four and five digits uh, for projects. So you can definitely see that growth and that's like usually a testament to you're doing something right.
0: Excellent. And Jesse, again, talking to that student out there um, that has maybe identified an interest and an aptitude for design. um, Can you suggest ways for that particular high school student to gain exposure to and experience in that world of work?
1: Like I said, like making those connections and reaching out to people who just kind of cold call them. And so being involved with uh, organizations like Pikes Peaks Business and Education Alliance, and um, I'm sure there's some other ones, I know AIGA here. is great and you know we're trying to build that community so finding other organizations to get involved with um ask any questions and do that with whoever you meet um if you're interested in what they do you won't know until you ask and so if you ask you'll find out um whether that's a no or you know answer to your question so
0: uh jesse let's talk a little bit about your post-secondary decision making Um, in your, in part one of our interview, you talked about like going right to community college after high school, and then you kind of hit the pause button a little bit and then went to the art institute. Um, Clearly there's, there was a monetary investment in that education. Um, Can you talk to students about what that decision-making looked like for you? And uh, perhaps, um, how you feel the return on that educational investment has been in your career.
1: So, yeah, obviously the R2, I think is, you know, a private school. Um, I think that's what it's classified as. So definitely more expensive. Um, I apply, you know, I was able to get the, um, uh, what's the bright futures, I think, or some of the, you know, some of the scholarships. So uh, definitely looking into the scholarships and things like that. And then again, like my parents um, helped me and I, I worked all through college, whether it was at the school, in the library, or like I said, like McDonald's science. And yeah, honestly, man, like the return on the investment, I'm doing what I love. So something worked. Um, and what's really, what's really interesting is actually um, the art Institute only has about four locations now because they got sued by some people for some fraud, I think. Um, and actually, I think what it was is that they were like, you know, coercing kids to, to come to their college because they, we promised them jobs, but then they couldn't get them jobs afterwards. But all my friends were like, yo, the art institute's getting shut down and they're going to, you know, we're trying to sue them to forgive our student loans in college. You know, at the end of it, I was kind of, you know, one of the leaders in the class and, and uh, headed up some organizations there. So they looked to me to lead that. And I was like, well, I got, I'm like doing what I love. Like I have a, you know, I got what I earned kind of thing, you know, so I'm not going to you know, bash on this school because I didn't put in the work, you know? So it, it, there was some, some, uh, some weird stuff going on there, but I think, yeah, like I said, um, I definitely haven't made back what I in student loans and uh, we're still trying to, there's still some stuff going on with the forgiveness there. Um, but I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am without it. So I I'd do it again.
0: Jesse, the hard part of our interview is over. So, what do you uh, what do you like to do in your free time when you're not working?
1: So yeah, I mean, honestly, it's design, uh, like passion projects. Like I said, um, I have I have my little work desk here with all my all my stuff going on. Um, I'm currently working on like a, uh, and again, like this stuff that's not it's not design. It's just um, you know, I guess there's some aspects of design, but um, like I'm repainting a little toy truck. Um, I'm trying to remember the brand of it. Hot Wheels, sorry. Um, I'm repainting an old truck to look like my dad's truck. Um, and I'm gonna like, give it to him for Christmas and things like that. Um, you know, I have, my wife and I love to go hiking. And so we um, often, you know, we try to get outside every weekend or at least every day uh, for a short walk. Love to travel. You know, we made our trip out here and now we're able to go all directions. Instead of when you're in Florida, you can go to the Keys or to Georgia. So um, we're gonna, definitely gonna take advantage of that while we're out here like getting tattooed. You can't see it here, but I'm pretty heavily tattooed. And then we like to binge watch stuff over and over again, mainly the office. But I think we're on New Girl right now. So just hanging out and having fun, um, you know, not taking things too seriously.
0: That sounds great, Jesse. Hey, Jesse, what do you wanna be when you grow up now?
1: I mean, honestly, like I said, man, designers don't retire. (laughs) Um, I think uh, my end goal would be to able to be like travel as much as we want and live in an RV and design project, like only be very specific about projects I want to work on and just take those on, uh, I think would be really fun and just live life the rest of the time. But I think design will always be part of what I do, no matter where I go.
0: Jesse, any final experience or comments you would want to share with that one high school student out there, pretty decent at art, I want to really uh, maybe take some next steps. What, what would you say to that one student?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, again, just go for it, ask the questions, ask a lot of questions. Your book is important, but your attitude, I think, you know, we can teach you anything. I can teach you Photoshop, Illustrator and design, whatever. Um, but you have to be willing to learn and, and uh, take advice and, you know, take feedback and, you know, if you need help building your book out and like getting work and, you know, If projects aren't falling into your lap and you're not really feeling inspired, uh, one thing that I've um, seen people do and done myself is go around town and find companies or restaurants whose logos you think could use updating and just do it. And then print out some business cards, print out a menu, present it to them, just go in and be like, hey, is your owner here? Is your manager here? Like. I did this as a passion project, um, you know, I'm a student looking for some, uh, you know, for some footing in this industry. And uh, I thought, um, you know, I, I could have a cool take on your brand or on your business and uh, here it is. And, you know, the worst thing they can have to say no, but you still have a piece for your portfolio even though they use it. I can't tell you how many projects I have in my portfolio that like aren't real, they're just passion projects. They're just for whatever. And what's great now, man, like you have all these like cool mock-ups that you can use. Um, like, cause when I was in high school or college, we didn't have those, but you can make a project look, at, look as real as possible, um, but it could be a fake brand. So just do that and yeah, just create and make stuff and work with your hands and, and don't let anybody stop you.
0: Excellent. Jesse Taylor, independent <laughs> freelancer with Jesse Taylor Creative an art director at marketing for change. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear your story today. Thank you so much again for donating some of your time to speak into the lives of the next generation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Happy to, uh, you know, people poured into me when I was younger and so returning the favor is the least I can do. And uh, yeah, I'm usually available anytime. Uh, Instagram at just to creative um, DM, text message, email, whatever works um, down to chat with whoever
0: thank you for tuning in to the everyone has a story podcast We hope the experience shared today in the career story and informational interview may benefit you as you make educational and career choices. If you would like to learn more about the Business and Education Alliance and how we are working with education and industry to connect students' talents, interests, and aptitudes to the world of work, please go to (music) businessandeducationalliance.org.